I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh my God, no! And, oh and, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, and and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it! Do it harder! Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. As we come to you on another sad day in America, Bryant has the uh, Chiron on his screen that says, we love you, Uvalde, Texas. Um, There's another mass shooting. Um, I think, what's the latest? 19 children are dead? That's what I saw last. And then the the person who did the shooting and then somebody else. So it's a, it's 21 so far, and I don't know if that number is going to go up I think there were not. three adults, but I, don't, but I think one of them was the – the shooter. Yeah, the gun one. I think they they added another adult in there too. So I don't. Um, it's just a horrible day, and for a group of people here, in a little bit, it's going to be, you know, a horrible Father's Day. And um, I'm not at this point. I'm I'm probably as tired as Brian is of these stories. Um, and I'm not even at this point sure why we're covering this because if nothing's going to be done about this no i know i know man that's exactly what i was going to say it's going to happen again and we're not ready and there's a group of people in this country who have decided that that's just the cost of freedom that you live in the greatest country in the world quote unquote um but that just means that the price that you pay is that any moment in time at a church or a school or a shopping mall or a gym or a movie theater or a sporting event or a concert or wherever you are so you can be shot dead with a couple dozen other people that you may or may not know. Uh, and I'm tired of it and everyone's tired of it, but no one is going to really do anything about it from the, and there's a group of people who allegedly love life a lot who, uh, yeah. Don't love those, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of these kids were, as I understand it, in their 40th trimester. So, uh, yes, they were, I'm this is, uh, life-changing stuff and i'm not going to be terribly surprised if a couple of suicides result in this i know this is very morbid stuff from the families of the people who were murdered today but uh again i don't well stuff you learn from you know over the years this happening and and the fallout from it you tend to pick up on the on the shit after after a million times you know that's just what you just said it's just unfortunately stuff that happens i got to a point damn it there was a point in my life four years ago when I went to the doctor and they got back to me and they're like, oh, you have uh, diabetes. And oh, by the way, you also have, um, in addition to hypertension, which you already had, you also have to take a, t- a statin because your cholesterol is really high. So at that point in my life, I was out of denial. I was out of denial. I had no more denial left in my life. I was going to, if I continued down this road of being morbidly obese and not exercising or doing anything, I was gonna, I was gonna die. My mother was gonna bury me. Um, I say that just to say that we're, we're not out of denial in this country. <laughs> we, we're just not. We have uh, lots of it. We have way more of that. And I, I don't know if the baby formula means anything. If the the kids are gonna get murdered before they even are able to put the baby formula in their mouths, um, I don't. I don't know what to tell you anymore. This this may have been the last day of school for these kids too. I have no idea. I haven't. I think they said they had like a week left. Yeah. It's just I. It's probably going to be though. For the people who were very upset about their kids not being able to go to school live in person, I wonder if remote learning seems like a good idea for those people now. I don't. You know. I. I'm. You know. I and I think I don't know, man. Maybe I'm naive in all this. But I think we're kind of past the point of, of of talking about guns. Now I think there's some things we can do. There, there there are probably a couple things we can do to help maybe tighten it up a little bit with some stuff. But I think it's to the point now. We just we we, we there's so many guns, man. There's just so many guns. Even after even if you put new laws in place, there's just so many guns floating around right now in, in the underground and and, and and people neighbors selling neighbors guns on the on the down low. You know, just shit like that everywhere. It's just it's just so out of control that I, th- I think we need to think about 
locking down schools. And, you know, and, I saw and, somebody post this and I thought it was a good idea. You know, the metal detectors and, and you know, and if it means Joe Biden throwing down an executive order on every school emergency, you know, no, not the school having to pay for it. it's fairly funded kind of thing. I'm down with what they, what my, the guy I read, what his post, everything about it made sense to me. As sad as it is, you know, I think we kind of got to start there. At like what, 815, you lock down the school, nobody in, nobody out. Nobody in, nobody out. Mm -hmm. Double lock the doors, you know. I, I mean, yeah. I, I know that sounds horrible. I mean, it, it, it sounds horrible having to think about your kid or, or being a kid. If you think about going back to your school days and being locked in like that, it's kind of, I don't know, traumatizing maybe for some people even. But, but at the same time, what's more traumatizing, that or the th thought of any day now somebody could walk in with a, an Uzi and take you out. So yeah. I don't know. It's and like, choose your damn poison, man. It, it seems like uh, it makes as much sense as anything, but yeah, the guns are the problem. We try to nibble around the edges at everything else. And we're just not going to deal with the guns. We're just, we're not, we're just, we're not, not we're not going to do it. I, I also remember like after nine 11 and we were taking all these strategic um, positions as far as trying to improve security and trying to make sure that there wasn't another terrorist attack. I remember people using this phrase, it's mostly conservatives. I believe in the Constitution, but it's not a suicide pact. <laughs> they would say that. And it's like, that's I, I, I like the Second Amendment too, but I don't think it's a suicide pact. I, I don't think it's licensed for anybody at any point in time if they're willing to give up their life to murder as many people as they can before they do that. Um, well, it's, you know, it, it just bothers me that every time you, you mention something about you know, gun laws to some gun nut, they, they, they automatically go straight to you're coming for my guns. Nobody's <laughs> I mean, how many times except for fucking Beto Rourke, do you have to say that or Pete, which one was it? Beto? I think it's Beto Rourke says we're coming. Yeah. For he said that, but you know, so, you know, that's fine too, but, but nobody's coming for your guns. We mm. just won't, you know, I, and, and I think that's 99.99999% of what, people like me and you are thinking they just want some sort of control over this it's already out of control but if we kind of put the put the damn finger in the dike now and plug it up down the road it, it, it'll make a difference you know i think but there's, um i don't know but there's a great number of people in this country who are um, okay with saying it's not going to happen here can't happen here oh Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's happened here every, like almost every, it doesn't matter if it's a large town. It doesn't matter if it's a small town. It doesn't matter if it's country. It doesn't matter if it's church. It doesn't matter if it's school. It doesn't matter where you are. It's, it's happened. It's like you just close your eyes and point to the map and that's, <laughs> it, just, it could be there. You know, it's, it's happened in blue states, happened in red states, happened in Midwest, happened in the Southwest, happened in the Southeast, happened in Northeast, happened in, you know, it happened, it's happened everywhere. Um, but people are still content to, I, I do remember when they had the shooting at the small church over in, uh, I think it was just outside of San Antonio, several, it was a really small church. It was, it's been about five years ago. And I remember hearing that day on all things considered on NPR, they, inter they interviewed a guy and he goes, I just didn't think this could happen here. And the anchor goes, well, why did you think that? He goes, well, because everybody here has guns. <laughs> and you're like, it doesn't matter. That it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter if everybody in your town has guns. And I, again, I, 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 I'm sure the idea of arming the teachers is going to come back into the sky. Oh yeah. If the teachers, I've already heard that. As a matter of fact, I've already heard that. One. <laughs> the the underpaid teachers who make no money whatsoever are, are the now the, again we won't spring for them to buy tax for their their little bulletin boards at school but we can we can buy all the bullets they want we can buy them all, all the guns that they want we can't, we can't get them post-it notes we can't buy them fucking staples but if you guys want bullets we can go ahead and we can back up a truckload of those to you we got we got all those you want yeah um, and, and, and you know we don't want the kids to get those free breakfasts but they can get those free bullets to, again to a segment of america teachers are the biggest idiots possible and they can't do anything right but apparently we're gonna trust them with guns <sighs> 
I mean, think about the teachers that you had, man. Can you imagine half of your teachers that you had with a, with a damn gun? It's 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 ridiculous. It's preposterous. Nobody signed up to do that. You were trying to educate children. You weren't trying, and all of you know they have things like negligent discharges. If something happens and and there's a negligent discharge, or somebody's able to get a hold of your gun, you've all of a sudden bankrupted you and your entire family when you were just taking a job for thirty two grand a year with decent benefits at best. And trust <laughs> me, that would happen. Of that course, would happen. it would. That would of happen. Of course, it was. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I, it's just, what do you do, man? I, I you know, I mean, we, we sit and kind of say the same things ever since Sandy Hook and, 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 and Colorado and, and, and you name it. Uh, it's just, you say it, you say it, you say it. And it's just, like you said at the beginning, you, you're just tired, sick and tired of, but you don't want to be numb to it. You can't be numb to it, man. Well, I know that those those you know the, the parents that lost those kids aren't numb to it today. No, I no. Feel, I feel horrible for that, and I also feel horrible for having this cynical attitude. But I'm just there. There was an atmosphere that made it possible for this to happen, and it wasn't Look, because man. of it wasn't because of Halo, and it wasn't because of Fortnite. No, and it God. Wasn't, and I, at least at this point, Brian, they stopped blaming rap music because that was the <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> gosh and i i did have this discussion i think it was like before the podcast with brad i don't think i think i think rap music today is like demonstrably less violent than it was 30 years ago <laughs> i think it's yeah. it's hey, my point there to me it's to me it's more about pussy weed and like cars than it is about <laughs> yeah about banging yeah. people and stuff like that but yeah. yeah that's true well well you know brett man when you when you have people like Steve Scalise, Steve Scalise, a yeah. perfect example for me. Yeah. Motherfucker gets shot, gets shot by some freaking lunatic. Okay. With who had a gun, but guess who, who's still advocating for guns everywhere you look, you know, NRA, NRA, go NRA, Steve Scalise. He was like a, a, a dang pubic hair away from being taken down totally. And, you know, that didn't phase anything. God dang. NRA still lying in his pockets. Yeah. Even though he's been a victim of all this stuff. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But he's maybe an exception. But there are other people who it takes, you know, as bad as it is, at least they get the point after it does affect them. But it's just people you – those people just aren't going to change. And it's – it's just not, man. It's just not. It's always going to be like this. I, I, I don't see a, I, I don't see a, a happy ending to this. I agree. Um, but hey, let's move on and talk about some wrestling because that's, that's what, <laughs> well, you know, that's what this show is allegedly about. <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. <laughs> it says here WWE on uh, WrestlingObserver.com. WWE has posted a job listing for director of brand and marketing. Handling some of the chief brand officer Stephanie McMahon's duties while she is on a leave of absence. The listing is posted on Workday today. They announced they're seeking a new full-time employee to be an important contributor to the growth and success of the WWE Premium Live events. Uh, somebody suggested that maybe Brandy, uh, Brandy Rhodes, might be possible uh, as somebody. Who I think that's tailor-made for her, man. <laughs> Most of you know that Stephanie has decided to step away from her current role as the CEO of CBO, rather Chief Branding Office. Um, and she has said it's because it was her decision. Everybody seems to be backing that up pretty much. Um, but there's also like some people are saying, eh, there might be a little more about it. That's going to come out a little bit later on. Um, I, I'm, I'm on that side. I'm on that side of things. I think it's too convenient for her to step away and kind of just, I don't know. Something just doesn't seem right about it. With 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 the, with the state that WWE's in right now, it just seems coincidental to me. Yeah, um, I I think that there's more to it, and I think it's eventually going to come out. And I don't know exactly what I know. She had a lot of stuff going on in her family, and with Paul's uh, event from last year, which sounds like way more serious than it was originally thought to be. Um, she may have exhausted herself for sure because she has a pretty wicked schedule. Um, 
would it surprise you at any point in time to see uh, her show up on AEW Dynamite one night? Yeah, yeah, that, no, would, that would surprise me. Yeah, that would be shocking, right? I mean, but it, yeah, at the same time, would be like that would be the ultimate betrayal for McMahon. Oh my God, yes. I was going to say he'd probably disown her. He'd probably take her out of the damn will. That would be the you know the end of you. you, you like the grandkids would be screwed. Everybody would be screwed. Oh yeah. It seems and it seems odd now because after all those years, um, she had kind of edged Shane out of the picture as going. She was going to be the heir apparent, and then Shane uh, was briefly fired earlier this year. Now he's think? back in the fold. And then he's back in the fold, and now she's gone. Very That's odd. That's what I'm saying, man. Too too much shit going on there for it. For something else not to be happening here. Uh, I mean, right. maybe not that. It may not be something humongously, you know, uh, just gargantuan news about it. But I mean, I, I think there's a little more to it than what she's saying for sure. Yeah, I do agree. Um, so the other big story, of course, is Sasha and Naomi. And we don't know what's going on there. We can't figure out what's going on there, but they have taken down their Facebook pages and they have formally suspended them and uh they're in uh, a lot of shit right now (laughs) so petty man it seems so petty they changed the the entrance to the the programming with their little thing yeah oh my god yeah and then cole with his did you catch the what he said on smackdown something about um naomi and i I think he was promoting the, the the tag team tournament maybe but he Naomi and Sasha got brought up and he said that they, that those two let the WWE universe down. They let the fans down. No, they didn't motherfucker. I mean, most fans are behind them. So don't even say that. I mean, that see, that's what I'm saying that, that this is petty. This is petty on WWE's part. If they're, if they're just going out to destroy them, you know, trying to get a heads up on them before they come out on some podcast or something and say what, what happened, and I don't know. It just seems whole thing just seems stupid. Just it it, it on WWE's part. I'm talking about. Yeah, I I don't. They've decided to bury them. Like, and and I know I've heard Meltzer on a couple of his podcasts go. It just never works out well when you start doing that. And go, they went back to the Austin thing when Austin walked out because he wasn't going to do the job for Brock under. You know, with with no notice, it was basically a cold match. It made no business sense whatsoever for Stone Cold Steve Austin to lay down to Brock Lesnar. So he walked away, and then they just ended up burying the shit out of him. And then he comes back. It makes him more sympathetic. Makes the company looks terrible. I don't. There's no. They never seem to learn their lesson on that stuff. But the people in the inside WWE that are not necessarily supporting them, um, they're kind of taking the position of. We have shitty booking all the time. Why are you, why are you doing, why, why was this decision of shitty booking the one that made you guys go over the edge? That's their particular, that some of the people who are, are kind of perplexed by this, at least the performers inside the company are saying. Really? I yeah. Don't think that's a, do you think that's a hard question? Do you think, I mean, I think well, it's from, pretty simple. From what I, from what I've heard, Obviously, they, they made them get together as a tag team when they didn't really want to. So they said, fuck it, we'll go ahead and do it. They got over. They were going to turn them against each other, and eventually both of them were going to go their separate ways and lose, right? That's what was going to happen. It was like, well, one see, was that's gonna- the thing. I, I, I never understood the part about them separating. It, it was almost like they wanted to just – because this, this was like something that was going to happen like now. And mm-hmm. not, not two months from now. This I mean, this was happening like while they had the belts, they were going to go on this little uh, individual journey each of them were to take on, I don't know, Ronda Rousey and, and Bianca or whatever, the, you know, and then both of them lose. So, yeah, I kind of understand if that was the case, why I would get upset too, man. And, and you just said you, they've been bad booking bad shit forever now. Well, yeah, this, I, I guess this was a straw that broke the camel's back. I'm, they're champions. They made them be champ. You just said they made them be champions or made them get together. They went over, so they're ready to rock and roll. Now they're trying to kill them again. Yeah, that would piss that, me off. I, we're gonna, we're gonna, one of us is gonna pin the other one. We're gonna go our separate ways, and then we're gonna get pinned by whoever. 
Uh, I think Sasha was going to yeah. get pinned by Ronda, and then it was going to mm-hmm. be Bianca it was going to pin Naomi. Yeah, because Naomi was supposed to wrestle her, I think, in um, Hell in a Cell, right? Yeah. And what was what was the thing that I saw? You can help me out with this. They were trying to determine in the in the Lashley almost match. They were trying to determine what the stipulation would be in Hell in a Cell. Is that is that right? Yeah, like the winner of that match would you know call the shot on the. Stipulation. Isn't the stipulation Hell in a Cell? Isn't that the stipulation that you wrestle the other guy inside a cage? You know, that makes perfect sense. I'm sorry, but that's one of those Jim Cornette, we put a hat on a hat. If you're going to wrestle somebody, that's that's the stipulation. <laughs> Why do we have to be like, okay, we're going to wrestle in like 5,000 gummy bears. Oh, it's just you're in a... It's hell in a cell and we're going to set it on fire. Hell in a cell! <laughs> I don't Oh, speaking of fire... Yeah. Was it Joey Janela lit his foot on fire, kicked somebody, and burned his foot? Was that who it was? I don't remember. I just saw I just saw it's the flaming super kick. Somebody got hurt in a flaming super kick over the weekend. I don't I don't I didn't see that. I don't yeah, know. no, you it's and Did the, I see that? It, it, it was on Wrestling Observer. Okay. I got I gotta find out this story because I, I I think it was Janela, but it may not have been. It may have been somebody yeah, it else. Sounds like that sounds right. Yeah, it is. Like, it, that it sounds is logical. <laughs> this is good. And Wrestling Inc. with the headline, Booker T incinerates Joey Janela over flaming super kick spot. <laughs> uh, everyone seems to have an opinion about Joey Janela's flaming super kick spot over the weekend. Everyone has an opinion. I think there's only one opinion. That's a dumb fucking thing to do. I, yeah. <laughs> How about, I gotta, everyone has the same opinion. How about that? I gotta say, I mean, for all the people, people like, oh, Jim Cornette, you're so behind the times and we're not going to do like wrist locks for 20 minutes like you guys used to do, blah, 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 blah you know, all that shit. I don't want to go to a show where somebody sets their foot on fire and then kicks somebody. What the fuck? I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand any of that. What, what is the point of that even? Um, during the latest edition of his Hall of Fame podcast, six-time world t- champion, six times, six times, six times, six times. No, it's not six times. I thought it was five times, five times, five times. I five thought it was five times. Yeah. When did it become six times, six times, six times? Uh, maybe they're miscounting. Maybe somebody's miscounting. He discussed the controversial incident that set the wrestling world aflame. We're trying to use as many fire things in this article as possible. God, that's as bad as when the, I forgot who was calling the game when Caroline and Duke were in the semifinals and Kale Blood was lighting it up and that dude kept using all the love cliches. Oh, and it was, killing. I love this. This makes my heart go sore as Kale Blood. Oh, God, Kale Blood got my heart. Oh, <laughs> shut up. At Game Changer Wrestling's Maniac event. Well, this Game Changer uh, Wrestling. AKA the- Mud Show. <laughs> I gotta say, Game Changer Wrestling is really not even a mud show. It's a shit show at this point. Here's the spot. Tell me if Luthez did it this way. Okay. Joey Janela poured lighter fluid on his foot and lit it on fire before delivering a super kick to his opponent, Drew Parker. Janela then visibly and ineffectively struggled to put the flame out as it spread across the canvas. There was no fire extinguisher on hand. Stop Ah! the presses. Ah! I've never seen a wrestling ring in the world that didn't have five chairs and a a fire extinguisher under it. How can they not have it? There's always like a, a fire extinguisher, a chair, a ladder. A ladder. Maybe a socket wrench. A I kendo don't know. stick. There's it's always those things, right? We could have like well a kendo. He could have pulled a kendo stick out and started beating it, you know. Uh Janela poured lighter fluid on his foot and lit on fire before delivering a super kick to his opponent, Drew Parker. Janela then visibly and ineffectively struggled to put the flame out as it spread across the canvas. Here's another thing. Who knew the canvas would set on fire? Who was aware of that? How about that? Things you learn. It reminds me of the late Lisa Left Eye Lopes when she got in that fight with Andre Risen and she threw like some shoes that were flaming into a fiberglass tub. Who knew 
fiberglass was fi flammable. Who knew that, that would set on fire and go crazy? Burn it to the ground. There was no fire extinguisher on hand, and staff members were seen pouring bottles of water on Janela's foot. Oh, man, they broke kayfabe. <laughs> I'm always willing to say in somebody's face that I what I'm willing to say on this show. Joe Janela, that was the stupidest thing I've seen in my career. I'm serious, Booker said. Hmm. He Why didn't he have it in his mouth and try to spray it. You know, that would have been good when it came back in his mouth. You know, whole swallows a flame. He didn't have on a boot where it actually would fend off flames from it. Booker continued. He had a kick pad and a tennis shoe and he'd put so much damn lighter fluid on his foot. I mean, it probably soaked all the way through his foot. And the thing is, I don't know how many seconds it was in flame, but it was more than 20 seconds and fire can get hot in about 20 seconds. That's correct. 20 seconds is a long time if you're burning. Booker T owns his own wrestling school. And they do like, I think they do like two weeks on the flaming super kick spot at Booker T's school. <laughs> Got to get that's it why, right. That's because, you know, he, he trained Usos. And when you see Jimmy and Jay Uso do that flaming super kick spot. By the way, the idea that you would call this a flaming super kick is like this, <laughs> one of the stupidest things in the world. Because <laughs> I guess that just sounds better than setting my foot on fire. It's a flaming super kick. I'm going to do this thing, dog, where it's the spot where I uh, set my foot on fire, then I'm going to kick you. Yeah, sure, I'll take that. Why wouldn't I? Of course but, I'll take that. Yeah, how about put it right in my face, okay? You no, know, <laughs> I wasn't going to buy tickets to the SGCW show, but then I saw the flaming super kick. I bought tickets for all the shows for the rest of the year. I, I, I don't blame you. I want Joey Janela to take it to the next level. I want him to do the flaming drop kick at this point. Both feet on fire, and then he drop kicks him. Well, and how, then, about, how do you put his elbow? He like squirts his elbow, you know. I want I want it to be a true um clothesline from hell where he sets his arm on fire and then <laughs> there you go. Close. <laughs> like I don't know if he ran this past the promoter or anything. Like, how many, again, how many approvals did this have to get? Yeah, we're going to do this. It's going to be good. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I want you guys uh, to do whatever you want to. <laughs> freedom. Freedom. I do this Character spot where, freedom. I do this spot where I stab myself in the chest and I just lay in the ring and get pinned. Oh, man, that sounds awesome. <laughs> how could you not? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord. Booker T owns his own wrestling school associated with his Texas-based approach to reality of wrestling, where he gets to train young talent on the basics and fundamentals of the business. Some of his students, including AQA and Roxanne Perez, have earned contracts with All Elite Wrestling and WWE. Booker sees the Janela situation as something of a teachable moment. Hey, if this route you want to go, that's on you, he said. The plan on working that scene forever. I don't know. I hope that there's not a scene for him to work. I would hope, like, I can't see, like, a, a promoter going, hey, let's bring in the guy that set his foot on fire. I think he could but really spike the box moment. office. <laughs> he learned. <laughs> What's the lesson? What's the lesson? You're a fucking idiot? Is that the teaching? And it, You know, come on now. Joy Janela didn't just come into the business yesterday. He's been around a minute. A teaching yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if this is the route... You want to go? That's on you. Plan on working that scene forever because this is not the stuff they do in the major leagues. It's really not the stuff they do in the minor leagues. Honestly, no, it's not. It's the stuff they do in the mud leagues. It just makes zero sense, and that's try to what I try to teach in my wrestlers. Hey, stay away from that. Don't go that route. You know, this makes the whole thing about pulling out a tampon and rubbing in your in your opponent's face seem like it's quaint. That seems like oh, a attraction. Hello. <laughs> That's that seems like a figure four compared to this shit. <laughs> Priscilla Kelly. I'm glad you can remember her name because I can't. Oh, it's Gigi Dolan, man. That's who it is. Is, is she getting toxic booked attraction. now? Is she still around? It's Toxic Attraction. It's the uh, half of the champions. Half of the champions. champions. And what is that in TNA? No, in NXT with Mandy. Oh my god. Oh my God! I didn't know she was Mandy's partner. It's the chick with the red hair. Yeah. Oh well, Mary's I just Rose. When I'm when I'm looking at Randy and, and Mandy and Jacket. Uh, I don't notice anybody else around, so that's that's my. It's excuse. hard. I understand. It is hard right now. It's hard. 
Uh, she looked good. <laughs> well, she looked good tonight. I don't know if you watched it, but I whew, goodness gracious. Yes. She's amazing. She's looked in a minute. Despite the fact uh, that the kind of violent, dangerous spots Janelle is known for don't typically place, uh, take place on WWE shows, especially since Vince McMahon went product with PG, hardcore and deathmatch wrestling has recently seen a uh, rise in popularity. GCW has played a part in that, featuring the likes of Matt Cardona and John Moxley, who cut his teeth in the hardcore promotion combat zone wrestling. And violent spots also have been seen regularly in AEW, Janela's former employer. Here's what we're going to do. What I want you to do, Undertaker, is lay your foot on fire. And I want you to kick somebody. Kick out. Flaming super cat. That'd be a good spot. That's a good one for Jay Article. All right, get off there. Super kick. Flaming super kick. Flaming super kick. <laughs> Headfoot's on fire. My God, they burned his foot off. Do that. Don't you have some barbecue sauce to go on that? Well, I put the main event bar, main event mustard, and put that out. Get pork <laughs> on there. You saw that JR has signed an 18 month extension with uh, All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really okay. specific period of time, 18 months. It is. Right? It's it like, is. why don't we go three years or two years? Nah, it doesn't feel right. Let's go 18 months. Year and a half sounds good. We'll see what happens there. See what happens. Well, if he signed it in January, that means, you know, he would be off right as the summer comes in so he can go, you know, retire, retire in style during I, the summer. Yeah, I guess go I to get, get ready for University of Oklahoma football. Boomer sooner. <laughs> I know there's a market out there for this book, he said, but it was probably 150, maybe 200 people in that hall and they were doing this. And there couldn't have been that much money in that little hall. Couldn't have been. <laughs> I would hope that of those 200 people that were in that hall, and he might be being generous about that, I would hope that maybe half of them were so repulsed that they're like, I don't, I don't really need to buy another ticket to see this promotion ever again. <laughs> I'm yeah, good. They were dissuaded. I'm good to go. Um, I don't. I don't understand the purpose of Joey Janela. I don't understand him. That's that's another guy. Like, if he disappeared from wrestling right now, I don't. I I wouldn't miss him. I know that there's like these people that think he's a genius, and his spring break shows, WrestleMania weekend, were always like the huge. But I I don't. I don't like that guy. I don't see the point of that guy. I, I, I Every time I've seen him, now, granted, I haven't watched the mud shows that he's been in, but I the, like the AEW and, and, and whatever else he's been in. But he hasn't, I mean, he's nothing special to me. I mean, he's okay, but I mean, I don't, I don't get the, all the hype. Who was, who was the other guy that I used to hate that they, they signed for a hot minute? The guy that was in uh, that Ohio versus everyone gang on TNA. Callahan, uh, yeah, I I don't see the point of that guy. I don't I don't understand why anybody. He's ever the books. same guy. He's the same guy. He's a I, Joy. He, I agree. Joy Callahan. Can, I mean, it's all. It's they're the same guy. I don't think he does anything that's like of value to the business. I don't think he brings anything. I don't think he's. I, I don't understand the point of him, and I don't understand why he keeps getting booked and stuff. You know, he's almost like, and you know, I shouldn't really say this because it kind of takes Moxley down, but it's it's like he's John Moxley, but like a doofus John Moxley. Does that does that make any kind of sense at all? No, it makes all of the sense. He's he's like John Moxley without the talent. Okay, well there you go. I mean, he's he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you, dude. I don't, I don't. I mean, I know people out there that, that that like his shit and whatever, but I don't. I don't get him. So uh, it does appear that, as far as today goes, the Ric Flair unretirement match is on still. Now, before. what's the, the what's the match actually? Do you know the match? Itself? I don't think we have an opponent. I'm not sure if okay. we have an opponent yet. Is it going to um, do, now? Do we know if it's going to be what kind of match it's going to be? Do we don't know anything about it? Do we know when it's going to be? It's going to be sometime during the Starcast. Is when it's going to be in Nashville. Uh, when is that? I've, I got to look at the. I got to look at. 
There's just it's going to be end of July. Yeah. Okay. There's going to be the final four horsemen reunion with Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully, Lex Luger, Barry Windham, and JJ Dillon doing a stage show together on July the 30th at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Oh, you'll be happy to know that the Karen of wrestling, Chris Cruz, has already stepped in and written to the manager of the Nashville Fairgrounds and said, do you know this is happening? You should cancel this and not let this happen. He's already written to the Maryland State Commission saying, if this happens in Maryland, you shouldn't let it happen. It's not happening in Maryland. It's not happening within 500 miles of Maryland, but he's got to get involved because the Karen of, of the world has decided. Does I, I, I mean, look, I, I don't think many people at all want this to happen at all with Flair. No. But it's... It's kind of like the abortion thing. Stick your nose out of it, dog. If that's what he wants to do, let him do it. You know, as bad as it is, if, if this helps him out in any way, mentally, physically, financially, whatever, it's probably not a good idea. I can't imagine it being a good idea. But if that's what it won't, if that's, let him do it. Freedom, freedom, you motherfuckers, freedom. I, I guess. I, I still, I think it's a horrible idea. It says the original patriots, idea. Come on, patriots, get behind me. The, the original idea for the match was for Flair and a partner to go against the Rock and Roll Express. A video of Flair and Ricky Morton locking up to tease this was shot early in April in Dallas, so the idea of the match dates back to before that time. FTR got involved later in the process, and it obviously would make for a better match with them in it. Morton and Robert Gibson, who are 65 and 63, have said that this is their last match together as a tag team, which is basically Gibson deciding to retire since Morton will likely continue a team with his son, Kerry. Even a few years ago, Morton and Gibson were uh, very effective in nostalgia tag team matches, largely due to the Morton, Morton carrying the load and being so great at selling and also popping fans by doing Canadian Destroyers and Topes that you would never expect never him to do. <laughs> The most recent match I saw of them a few months ago, David Meltzer writes, was uh, against FTR, and the match got over great, and Morton's selling was still there. Still, there was a notable decline in the mobility of both men from a few years ago, but FTR absolutely can carry them and make it a fun match, although it's still one better suited for the Carolinas. The Carolinas! Not Nashville! <laughs> Where there's can we a huge... go over that? Yeah. <laughs> Again, the great Jim Crockett territory of East Tennessee or West Tennessee or whatever the fuck. Yes. In Nashville, it would draw more of a hardcore base, which may be fine with them being legends and react well, but it's not going to be the same type of atmosphere that Morton Gibson can to this day thrive in. Yeah. See, that's what I was going to say. It's a shame that, that that would be their last match in fucking Nashville. I'm trying to, really? get, to, I'm trying to get to the quote of – uh flair we'll get to it in a moment during a high spot signing steamboat ricky steamboat who has turned it down said well i was approached and given it some really serious thought a lot of respect to the guy in the ring you know both of us are night and day when it comes to stuff out of the ring really you think <laughs> whoa flair wouldn't be flair without it i thought about it for a week and just recently declined on it I know when I wrestled Jericho at WrestleMania 25 and we had the extra uh, return match at Backlash in the singles, but at 69, and I know it's a six-man tag, and I could get a little this and that in, but with all due respect to our fans, I just want them to remember me that last time I was there with Jericho when they chanted, you still got it. I don't want to scar that uh, phrase. Even that night with Jericho, you know, I was working for WWE and I was one of the trainers in the school and was pretty active in the ring, so I had a lot of confidence in myself. But knowing Ricky now and not being in the ring for a number of years, I don't want to tarnish the memory that the fans have of me. It'd be a good payday, sure. But I don't want them thinking maybe they should have stayed retired, you know. I could get out there and maybe pull it off and say, well, you know, for a guy who's 69 years old, he sure does pretty good. But that's the double-edged sword, right? So, you know, the Dragon does have a lot of pride in his work and the way the fans remember me in the ring, and I want the lasting impression. I know my physical capabilities right now. I would love to be able to go out there and perform like I did with Jericho. I was 56 or 57 years old, but I think that my fans want to remember me as the guy and not have a chance of disappointing. That's how much I love my fans. The quote That's from Flair. The, the quote from Flair was like, it's not about the money. <laughs> okay. Well, so I, when you know, I threw in the maybe it's mental, physical, whatever it's to feed whatever he needs. But I would go with I was going to go with financial. 
That was my. That was that was the the, the main dog right there. Ding 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 ding. When Ric Flair says it's not about the money. Dot dot dot. Yes. I'm sorry. He says. He says. He's like, nah. I got this. Uh, I got this. This. Uh, Deal with this new move. He's got a new in. movie. He wants to show everybody. That's what he's it got, is. Yeah, he got this commercial thing going in, and he's got. Remember, remember when I was doing the commercials? I was doing the Rick Flicker. This is basketball. If you think I'm prices out there with the charge, God with these people can't go save you money. Woo! <laughs> I understood every word. <laughs> that was. <laughs> You got a check ready? Where's this check, man? You got to give that to me. You mean they hadn't not already about, given it to you? Right, it's not about the money. Woo! <laughs> not about the money. What was it about? Yeah, what was it about with the car shield, Rick? Car shield, that's what it was. I couldn't remember what it was. Was I doing stuff in general too? Because mm-hmm. when, when I was on board the plane, it was the genital. It wasn't the general. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, it's not about the money. It's not because when I broke up with Phoebe, I was sucking <laughs> off her teeth. And then she kicked me to the curb. Woo! Oh my God. Rick, you're killing me. I, it's like hang you're killing on a yourself. This is Ric Flair for Skittles. Woo! Chase the <laughs> rainbow. <laughs> There's another $100,000 in the nature boy's pocket. Uh, chase the damn rainbow. I don't see my son-in-law Conrad as a giant ATM. That's not what I see him as. I What's Conrad's me. password? What's the password gave- to get the money out of Conrad? When I gave Megan away at that wedding, I didn't say to her, take one for the team. Woo! <laughs> and by the team, there is, I mean me. Because there is no I in team, but there is me. <laughs> There's an I in Rick. <laughs> Listen, Megan, I know you don't want to climb on top of that big fat load and have sex with him, but daddy needs a payday. sacrificing your daughters rick come on i knew uh this is just a a tangential thing because i don't want you to think about megan and conrad having sex but i'm going to go ahead and make you think about megan and conrad having sex i knew somebody i don't know if i ever told you a story i knew somebody who knew um the big fat load known as bubba the love sponge back in the day right bubba loves right oh yeah I'm, i'm i'm aware and and uh this is like probably before he had the wife that fucked Hogan, he had a girlfriend and she got drunk at like a, a radio station party, Christmas party or something. And, mm-hmm. and she described in great detail how they had to fuck. Cause he's so fat. She would have to go uh, reverse cowgirl style, scoot your ass up against his belly, move his belly out of the way and sit on his dick. That's kind of how they would have to have intercourse. And I kind of feel that's that, that's how that's how Megan has to do it. And Megan is not a young woman anymore. She may there may be some sort of knee support or something. <laughs> or a contraption of some sort that like supports her back or her her calves or her, her thighs or something. That's that's not an easy thing for a, a young woman to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to have to wear an apparatus to <laughs> do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It sounds, uh, just takes, takes very, some things out of it there. That's very Vince McMahon of you. It sounds like medical facility. In order to fuck, they need an apparatus. <laughs> Go down to the medical facility and get us one. Oh, need that. Go to the medical facility and get us one of those. There was a mishap with an apparatus while they were achieving intercourse. Well, and now they've was... had to go to a medical facility. They're was this why they were sports entertaining? <laughs> We were sports entertaining some people with that. That's going to be, my God. What Vince Russo would do with apparatus and that information that I just gave you. Bro, it's a 12-pot series. I'm going to have uh, Sable fuck Mabel. Sable and Mabel. Bro. 
<laughs> That's one big fable. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have them on a table. We're <laughs> Watch out for that cable. Oh, it broke. <laughs> That is like a 12-part Crash TV series with Sable and Mabel fucking with an apparatus and then it, it somebody sabotages it. We got to figure out who sabotages it. That's got to lead to some match. And then Sable turns on Mabel because she was in on it, even though she was injured. Bro, it's going to be so good to web Sable in white panties. Bro. <laughs> Sable and Mabel. Sable and Mabel in a fable on a table. Watch out for the cable, which broke. That was bad. <laughs> Suddenly it turned into the Lorax. <laughs> Would not fuck him in a house. Would not fuck him with a mouse. Would not fuck him here or there. Would not fuck him anywhere. Would not fuck him on a table. Would not fuck him with a cable. All of that is to say that I'm, I'm still, you and I are still on the same page. I, I mean, I think it's a horrible idea, but I don't know. Again, as you say, I'm not sure that the, the Karen of professional wrestling, Chris Cruz, is going to be able to stop this. My, I, I would think not. I mean, my hope and my prayer would be that Chris Cruz buys a, a ticket and films it and is, is puts it on YouTube or whatever with how outraged he is. One, the letter he wrote to the Nashville Fairgrounds guy, uh, Cruz's letter was something like, uh, it is the stated purpose of the performer, Ric Flair. I'm kind of doing Gordon Gordon Soli now, but I think <laughs> I think the cruiser was kind of ripping off Gordon Soli anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, you're probably uh, right. It has been the stated goal of uh, Ric Flair to die in the ring. Are you comfortable doing this at the Nashville Fairgrounds? Well, fuck. We were comfortable having the dubs do bullshit there, so sure, we're okay with this. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we, let, we let Vince Russo book wrestling in this thing for – several years so i mean i don't even think it's the most destructive thing that would happen if rick flair died in the ring at the nashville fairgrounds in july yeah, let's not get crazy jesus jesus chris try to know your wrestling history dumbass come on come on god dang dixie carter was in that building that's do i need to say anything else that's correct i mean it's everything was awful uh <laughs> so i i i'm still of the opinion that it's a bad idea, um, and that no one's probably. Well, do we know stop if like it. FTR was was that just somebody saying that, or or, or have they agreed you to know, do something if it gets booked? It's funny that FTR FTR is doing this Kabuki dance right now with like, because I remember a few weeks ago, Dax was put, putting up thing in his biography on Twitter saying available soon for even more any bookings. So. I don't know if those yeah, guys. I saw are... that. I saw that. You saw. So it, it did happen. I'm, I, I'm not. Nobody can gaslight us, right? We we both saw it. Right. I did see it. Yeah. And it wasn't as you as you were talking about Mandela effect or Berenstain effect or whatever. It wasn't any of that. Yeah. Cheap, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I don't know, man. It's all AEW, man. AEW's got its own issues going on. So I maybe I don't know. Maybe they're just part time there now. Are you are you of the opinion? Um, I think I think this is what Last and and um, Cornette are saying now. It feels like the Bucks are entering the, entering the Cody zone right now. They're like kind of like people are really tired of the Bucks and they don't know whether to cheer or the boo them. And the books look the Bucks do have the luxury. I think they've turned heel and still they've done that. But people are just kind of done with the the Bucks in in that promotion. I, it's hard to tell, man, because like you said, they're heels, so th they get booed. And if I think the way to tell about something like this is if you try to make them a baby face, and they're still getting they got the Cody re they get the Cody reactions. You know, that's when you can tell. That's when I can tell. But it's hard hard for me when when they're playing heels and they're getting booed. It's kind of hard to distinguish the the X Pac boos from the fan booze so I, I don't know i don't i don't they are to them. me they are to me i'm i'm tired of them i don't know about you it feels and yeah i am too and that's why it's always difficult for me as far as confirmation bias you know 
But I don't think the crowd is uh, – I don't think they're getting the reactions. And I, I think everybody's kind of waiting for Kenny to come back, and they think that's going to slap a fresh coat of paint on this thing. And I I don't know. I, I don't know. It feels like, particularly among the vice presidents in that company, now Jericho has been able to kind of keep it a little bit fresh, but I don't know if this particular new – Faction, the Jap, the, Jer- the, Jer- the Jericho Appreciation Society is going to be something. It feels like there's going to be a progression in this promotion where we love you, can't get enough of you. What's going on with you? We don't know what we want you to be. Oh, fuck you, get out. That seems to be the, the progression. And they are entering the Cody zone. They're now in, it feels like they're solidly in stage two of that. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it to me. Like I said, it's hard to tell, though, if the fans are feeling that, though. I, I can't really get a good hold on that. But, man, did you, did you see the Cody Miz match the other night? How how many botches there were in that damn thing? Yeah, on yeah the there's problems. There's some problems. Oh, my God, dude. And you wouldn't have thought. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they were, be some... they, they, were, they were noticeable. They weren't just like me and you trying to nitpick shit. I mean, it was anybody could have seen it. That it's starting him off with Seth Rollins. I mean, I don't know exactly who else they could have gone with, and I understand that. Um, but I don't know that they fucked up Seth Rollins so much that he's maybe not able to get Cody over. That may be part of the problem there, right? Uh, you may have a point there, man. You may have a like, point there. Oh, Seth Rollins is one of our best performers. We'll we'll put him with Cody, and then we'll get him over, and like. No, they just keep like fucking with each other a lot. And I guess the plan is for the hell in a cell is for Cody to go over and get the third part of that one. I don't know, man. I, I, that's see if if I if I was Rollins, I might be a little. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess he's a team player or whatever. But I, I three times, man. It's it's bizarre, and then I don't know what you do. It I don't know what you do. Money in the bank. Are they just I mean, gonna... and let's talk about Rollins. What what happens to Rollins after this if he loses three times? I mean, come on, man. That's that's that, ha- well, that has got to set him back some. What you can do is like this really puts him in a tailspin, and then they kind of take him away for a while. He does the thing where he goes and tries to rediscover himself and gets away from the crazy John Daly suit wearing guy or whatever he's he's doing. Yeah, that would be good. I, the I Joker. That. And then he gets back to his original architect guy or whatever. Yeah, just just make him the damn member of the shield like he was. I mean, not the mm-hmm. shield, but that that kind of character, you know. Um, but yeah, I think the Bucks are entering maybe the the second part of the. Uh, I don't know what we think of you. We liked you a lot. But I don't I don't know if we're there anymore. Well, um, we just keep seeing them every week, and all of a sudden, the House of Black is gone for like a week or two. We don't see them, and but we see the Bucks every fucking week. You know, we see I did Adam see, Cole every fucking week. I did see this dude Grayson's out, so maybe they're just chipping off the Dark Order one at a time. Yeah, maybe that's, that's crazy. I thought he was like the probably the most talented one of the bunch. Maybe that's what a lot of people thought. That's what a, a hell of a lot of people thought that that's, that that's Stu Grayson was the guy that was, and now he's he's done. He's history. I kind of don't blame him. I mean, but. And then John Silver, God damn, having him in that punk match the other week, that was just, I think it was the Long Island episode. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. God damn, man. I'm sorry. I mean, I should have, I should be more empathetic to stuff like that. And I usually am. I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of him and be a short. And I, and I say this all the time, but it's just so, it's just so unbelievable to me. And and even, even on TV, even live, I've seen him live. I've seen him two rows in front of me yeah. and I've seen him on TV both times. He's just, it's just unbelievable, man. You can't believe anything that's happening in that ring. Aren't and they, aren't they just ugh. capitalizing on the freak show element of that guy anyway? Kind of. They gotta be dude. I mean, that's as far as like you being insensitive or whatever, but that's, that's what they're selling. That's what they're presenting to you. Is, you're right. You're right. And then, like, the, I'll tell you what makes me cringe almost every time. If I hear Johnny Hungy one more fucking time, 
I swear to God, I want to slap everybody within a 30 mile radius of me when I hear fuck Johnny Hungy. God almighty. The fucking inside joke in that promotion. Speaking of which, double or nothing coming up this weekend. Let's go through the card. Hook and Downhausen versus Tony Neese and Smart Mark Sterling. Hey, didn't you used to be Hook? <laughs> didn't you used to be a badass? Yeah, didn't you used to be like the hottest thing in the promotion? Slow down. Slow down. So they, they had him feuding with Danhausen. He beats Danhausen. And then all of a sudden they have mutual respect and they love each other. And now they're a tag team for no reason, right? Yeah, he had to tease the fans, man. You know the you know the the recipe for it? all that. MJF against Wardlow, which is gonna be like that's money. That that segment last week where he was whipping the shit out of him. Yeah. Oh my god, that was amazing, right? Man, good stuff. There's like every time you think that that MJF is like, well, he's he can't keep up this high level of whatever he's doing. He just does it again. He just he just he kills it again. He has another segment where he's like he reminds you why he's the best heel in the business, why he's by far the best heel in the business. Is he more so than Roman? I think so. I think he's better than Roman. I think but, he's better than Roman. Yeah, I think he is, man. Because I, I, Here's the I, other I, thing I, about Roman. I love he's better than Roman. Roman on the mic or in the ring or both? Well, the, the thing is, he doesn't need Paul Heyman's help. Okay, there you go. Perfect. And uh, nothing against Roman. No, 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 no. Given his own devices, we like six years ago, we might be in the same spot with him. But he also has the help of Paul Heyman, who is – Paul Heyman is as good as anybody that's ever done that job. I'm sorry. I mean, you can talk about all the great ones. You can talk about um, – I, I think Bobby Heenan is wonderful. I think Jim Cornette is wonderful. He's, he's essentially a manager. You can call him an advocate. He gets as much heat and does as well at that job as anybody who's ever held a microphone in their hand. Um, no doubt. And Roman Reigns benefits from that. I'm not saying that's like the whole package, but you're adding jet fuel, man. <laughs> you are adding it, – it, it's like it, it has to get over. When you have an athlete who looks like that, who can have the facials he has, who can work in the style that he does, and then you put Paul Heyman with it, that that is like – Stacking the deck to a ridiculous level. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but again, I I'm not I'm not taking anything at all away from Roman because any problems that Roman has had have been inflicted upon him by incompetent bookers and writers and producers and all that shit. That any any the fact when he was meandering out there and getting the fact that the rock would get booed because of Roman is always <laughs> going to be uh, a real testament to how awful the management of that promotion really is. Um, but the, the look that, on the rocks, I'll never forget that look on the rocks face. When he started really? Is that, is this happening? Am I, am I, am I, what is, you know who I am, right? Um, but then after they were out of everything else, they finally did the thing that they should have done. And now he's over like a son of a bitch. I mean, you can't say otherwise. How about that? House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King against the Death Triangle, Pac, Pinto, Skura, and Ray Phoenix. What wonder if they're going to do any spots in that match. I any bet high- they won't. It'll be a bunch of headlocks and shit. I hope they do. A, that'd be great if they did. Like, like everybody's expecting them to do like nothing but see the topes and shit like that. That'd be hilarious <laughs> if they just do like a 10-minute headlock in the middle of the ring. I, see, I love that's the kind of inside joke shit that I like right there. We'll be back after this, fans. I told you that thing that Stutz hooked at uh, CWF that I saw one time. They came to the ring and they had it was coaches guys against somebody else, and they were inspecting them and they started pulling out all of these foreign objects out of the guys and they were pulling out bats and all kind of shit. And they so they finally got everything else. I don't know about this guy. I don't know about this guy. And then, of course they have like a twenty minute great scientific chain wrestling match, which I thought was like, oh, that's a great swerve. That's so studs. That's so. Bad. That is. He, he booked that shit, and that's to, that. That stuff is what pops me more than anything else. That's the inside jokes that I like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society: Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager against Eddie Kingston, Sam 
Santana Ortiz, the Blackpool Comic Club, Brian Danielson and John Moxley in an anarchy in the arena match. Think of any well, spots a, in that match? Yeah, I wonder if we're going to do too much there. Didn't they call? Aren't they going to call the Sheamus Group in WWE the Brawlers? Isn't that what they decided to call them? Uh, the the no, it's the Brawling Brutes. Yeah, which is nothing like the Blackpool whatever the Blackpool Combat Club. That's so different. The Brawling Brutes sounds stupid. <laughs> the Brawling Brutes. <clears throat> Matt and Jeff Hardy like cartoons. Uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy against the Young Bucks. Can we just agree that the they've ruined the Hardy Boys? The AEW this run has ruined the Hardy Boys. Yeah, I still like their music. Um, remember when your brother's in trouble and he's getting attacked, make sure you dance a little bit before you go help him. That's what I've learned. And, and soak in some of that fandom that's coming your way. The Women's Owen Hart Memorial uh, Cup Memorial Tournament final thingy is the men's version of that. Somebody against Adam Cole. Uh, Jade Cargill against Anna Jay for the TBS title. What's your what what are you what are your thoughts on on Jade Cargill? Are you still as high on her as uh, I am? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like her a lot. I hear I hear her getting a lot of criticism. She can't do a lot of offensive moves, and she certainly is not that great on the mic, but goddamn, she's an attraction and she doesn't have to do that much in the ring. No. I think, Stone Cold Steve Austin, by his own admission, had like four offensive moves. And, I mean, one of those was a There's stunner, a long right? List of those people, yeah. Um, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus against Team Taz, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. It is a triple threat for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. A lot of Yay. triple threat going on in this pay per view. Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa against uh, Serena Deeb for the AEW Women's World title, which is different than the TBS title. I just want you to know that. Okay, well, I'm glad you cleared that up. Yeah. Oh, did you see Statlander's not doing the alien gimmick anymore? Yeah, man. I'm glad. Is this an admission that it was just stupid as fuck? <laughs> Probably. A silent admission. <laughs> no, man. It's just, uh, it's just uh, this evolution. Change of pace. Yeah, man. Pace. Fresh coat of paint. <laughs> Hangman Adam Page against CM Punk for the AEW World Title. Um, right, you I, think you think Adam Adam Page by popular acclaim seems to be pretty boring right now. There are a lot of people that are like really not okay with him. Yeah, um, I'm one of them actually. Okay, I just I, I think you just summed it up. I I think he's just kind of stale. And I think he's kind of hung on to that belt a little longer than he probably should have. Um, as as high as I was on, I think we both were pretty high on him when a when AW kicked off and and he came over from ROH and was killing it and everything. And all of a sudden, it just as soon as he got the belt, almost it was just like he just took a a damn left turn, man. And it just I don't know. I don't know if it's the booking. I don't know if he just isn't that charismatic? I, I don't I don't know if it's both. Maybe I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's boring now. And as much as Punk doesn't need the belt, I think he need he needs somebody needs to get it off a of hangman pretty soon. If they do give the if if Punk is going to have the belt, he needs to have it for a long time. Yes, he needs to have thing, man. You can't you can't give it to Punk and have him lose in two months. That's what I'm saying. You know? That and I, I'm still of the opinion that we're talking about. Punk with uh, Punk and Danielson needs to be, and and it, and it might be two years from now. I mean, it might be like I'm, I'm talking about at least a year run with that belt. Is what? Oh Punk yeah, needs man. To have. Well, damn, Page has had it. What? Almost a year. He's had it for a long time. He certainly has had it for a long time. Well, uh, damn, he beat Omega. Right? Yeah, yeah. Omega's and dead. Omega's been out for a while. He's been he's been dead for a while. Uh, well. Let me Google that. When did when did Adam? I, I want to say last July, maybe. Probably so. November the thirteenth of twenty twenty one. No, really, November. Okay. Yeah, November thirteenth of twenty twenty one. That's six months ago. Six months. Yeah, that's a long time. 
This is yeah. I, I think this is six months is a good run for him. Don't you think as a world champion? Yeah, maybe we may have gone a little too far actually. Right. Yeah. Well, I was being generous, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I and that's too bad, man. Because I, I I like the guy. I think people still like to say cowboy shit and all that stuff, but that's it. He just yeah, that's about all there is going on there. And Here's the I, history I, I of the AEW like World. This is the history of the AEW World Championship. Chris Jericho won it, the inaugural championship, August the 31st of 2019, defeating Hangman. Mm-hmm. He, he held the title for 182 days. Mox won it on February the 29th of 2020 at Revolution. He held it for 277 days. Kenny Omega then won it on December the 2nd of 2020 at Winter is Coming. And then he held it for 346 days, and then it's Hangman Page. And it's been 191 plus at this point. So Omega is the one that's held it the longest so far. So far, right? so far. And I think, but I think Punk, I think you got to do at least a year on him. And then, I don't know, maybe next year at this time, you start looking at Punk versus Danielson. I know that they always were like, we got to hold off on it. We got to hold off on it. Neither one of those guys is getting any younger. Exactly. We need to, we and, probably and need to see. They're about the same age, aren't they? They're, they're pretty the close to the 40s. same age, I think. Yeah, I think maybe Punk is a little bit older. But well, yeah. That makes him in the mid 40s because Danielson's 41, I think. CM Punk's age is 43 years of age. I, I, maybe Danielson is older. Brian Danielson's age. Brian Danielson's age is 41. That's exactly right. But he'll be 42 coming up in just about a week or so. Oh, oh wait a minute. He just oh, turned. Wow. He just turned 41. Okay. He just turned 41 on May the 22nd, which as we record this was a couple of days ago. That's how I know. There you go. But they need to, 20, they need to have that match in 2023. And they can do it on the Memorial Day show. They can do it on the Labor Day show. I don't care. But they need to that that needs to happen because that's that's a dream match. That's a huge match. Yeah. Well, here's the thing I can't figure out, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure out how they're going to – well, they haven't done it yet, but I'm just assuming. If Punk wins, I can't believe they would give Punk the belt before they gave Adam Cole the belt because it just seems like Adam Cole had his chance and now he's got to kind of got to circle back around at some point to take on somebody if he's going to get it. And you know, like I said, if Punk gets the belt, he's probably going to hold on to it for a good while. So I just kind of, know, it just kind of, I, I was, I was shocked. I really thought Cole was going to take it off of Hangman and their feud, but it just never, it never came to fruition. Mm-mm. It never happened. Any other closing thoughts on another award-winning episode of Katie Vick is alive, alive. Uh, I, I watched NXT. I, I mentioned earlier tonight and, um, I, I don't like that Wendy Chu chick. I, I know it's probably just not a generational thing. She's, uh, the one yeah. that comes to the the ring with the, the, the sleep wear, like the onesie yeah. with the, yeah. it just, it's just stupid. I don't I'm know. not getting that. It's not getting over with it. Nah, I wouldn't think, but, but like, she's wanting to challenge Mandy for the world belt. I, you know, <laughs> no, not going to anyway. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that Wendy Chu, not a fan. Um, Bryant is available for your social media pleasure at Bryce sports, BRY sports, Instagram, and also, on the Twitter machine and on, um, he's also available for you. Also on the TikTok, Stanley Jackson twenty three. I am available at Britt Whitmire, B R I T T W H I T M I R E. That's me on Twitter. Uh, the show's Twitter proper is at Katie Vick Alive, and I'm on Instagram at B Dub Four Reels B D U B Number Four R E E L Z. And if you want to support what we do, very easy to do that. You got Father's Day gifts you need to buy and stuff like that. Stuff you need for the summertime. You can do that at our Amazon store, which is katievick.com. KTVic.com. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.